Amen. Maybe you've heard of the story. The young man sitting outside of a grocery store waiting for his mom to come out. And as he's sitting there, uh, an older man comes up to him and says, uh, Excuse me, son, can you tell me where the post office is? Sure, sir. It's about two blocks down. Turn to the left and it's on the corner. And tells the, the, the young boy, thank you very much. By the way, I'm the new Methodist preacher in town. I want to invite you to my church, and I'll show you how to get to heaven. And the boy responded, that's pretty funny, sir. You can't even find the post office. <laughs> A real Christian wouldn't have laughed at that joke. You know, it's easy to get lost sometimes, and I imagine that uh, these ladies on Easter morning, I don't know, if I'd have been with them, I'd have checked too. I would have thought maybe I'd gotten a little lost, because I could have sworn that the last time we were here, I know we came here, and I know when we left here, there was a big stone over the hole in the rock here. I, I know this was the place we were at. I know this is the place where we brought Jesus ourselves. Where we, where we came and we laid Jesus in the tomb. I know this was a place we can't be lost. It's not like there's another new grave just sitting around somewhere. I know this is the place that we were at. But now that we're here today, something is very different. Amen? Amen. Ooh, I want you to go home and read the, uh, uh, the account of the resurrection in Luke chapter 24 again when you get home. I did a sermon uh, some years ago, and it was called, uh, or said that Easter is the biggest butt of all time. Because if you read Luke over and over, Luke constantly says, but. You see, the ladies came that morning with all their spices to prepare a dead body, but the stone wasn't there. They came and they were fearful of the angel, but they had a message for them, right? They were scared and perplexed. But they remembered, and on and on, Luke tells us that Easter takes everything that is difficult, takes everything that is confusing, and says, but hold on now, I've got something better. Y'all with me? So the ladies show up, and they notice things are not like they were when we were last here. This, this, this big stone was, it was standing right there. And I know that was Jesus' body laying in there. I know he was covered in the grave clothes. I know that I know that I know that he was dead. Those of us who have gone through Holy Week, we, last time we met, we ended up at Good Friday. And we know that we know that we know that Christ was dead because Christ promised his death. But he promised his death wouldn't be the end of the story. Oh yeah, he said it's finished, but he never said it's over. <laughs> Those women came that day expecting to prepare a dead body for burial to be able to finish the job that they had done before the Sabbath day. But things got a little different for them. And you know, it's funny, if you pay attention, the initial response of the women, even of the disciples, after the women go and tell the other disciples, they're confused, they're perplexed, they doubt. 
And I always find it interesting how sometimes those of us in the church, us resurrection people today, we get so mad at the people who don't understand, who don't want to believe in the resurrection. Ugh, those people, they just don't believe that Jesus rose again. They just can't understand that God had to do it this way so that he could rise in three days. They just don't get it. It's so funny and it's so ironic because we didn't even get it at first, y'all. The women who had walked with Jesus, who had heard Jesus speak, the ones who had heard Jesus say that all this was going to happen, they didn't even believe it right in front of their eyes. Now, I guarantee you, some of these women and probably some of these disciples were some of the same people. Every time Jesus would get up and teach, every time he would preach to them after he was done, I guarantee you some of those same women, those same disciples says, you know what, teacher? That was a good job. Good job, preacher. Good sermon, preacher. I really needed to hear that one. Good one. But when it came down to it, apparently they didn't remember anything Jesus said. Not like us. We remember all the important things Jesus tells us, right? We've got our faith together, don't we? We remember every sermon that preacher gives, don't we? Those women are there. They don't even believe it themselves. They can't. Can't even begin to understand what's really happened. Even after the angels tell them, why are you looking for the living among the dead? It seems to take a little while for that light to go off. Wait a minute. Do you remember some of that stuff Jesus told us about having to die? Do you remember some of that stuff he told us about coming back in three days? Do do you think? Do you think this is it? Do you think this is what he meant? Do you think this is what he had been preparing us for? Do you think this whole rock situation is what Christ was preparing us for? Of course, you and I, all these years later, we know with a resounding yes, this is everything that Christ had been preparing us for. To be ready to experience and to witness the power of his resurrection. Everything you've heard throughout this year. Way back when you remembered Christ coming into the world for the first time to when you heard about him going and preaching and teaching about healing people. Everything you've heard has gotten you prepared for this moment to be able to hear again, to be able to witness again that he is not here. He is risen. You got to remember the things Jesus tells you. Because Jesus is preparing us, preparing us to see what he wants us to see. Sisters and brothers, the the bad thing about that, though, is sometimes we get confused. Sometimes we get a little um, perplexed ourselves. We get the whole Jesus thing mixed up and we think, "Okay, I know Jesus came back to life to make me a good person. And I don't know if it's ironic, I don't know if it's sad, but the greatest summary that I think I've ever heard of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I heard from a stand-up comic once. 
He had done his routine funny as anything you'll ever hear on the planet. He had gone through it and everything. He's talking about the good news. He says, you know, I have learned that Jesus came not to make bad people good, but to make dead people alive. See, sisters and brothers, you can go read a book somewhere and learn how to quit some of the bad stuff you're doing. You can go to a class, you can do all kinds of things, and you can learn how to stop being bad and be good. You don't really need Christ to do that. But there's only one thing that gives us life, and that is the resurrection of Christ. There's only one thing that can take our dead soul, our dead lives, and raise it up. And the reason why I think we miss, we, we miss, we create this disconnect between us and what happens to Christ is that we get kind of confused. Now, I'm about to spoil Easter for everyone in this building. I'm sorry. I do it for Christmas all the time, and I feel bad about it. But, you know, we say all the time, we don't have it here. He, he lived. He is risen, we say, right? The angels told the women, he is risen. Amen. That's an amen. Stay with me. Side note. I'm not saying he's not risen. But the text says he was raised. The text says that the angels asked the women, why are you why are you looking for the living among the dead? He has been raised. And I wonder if part of what Luke wants us to be reminded of, if Luke wants us to to hear it with new ears and new hearts every time is that Jesus did not raise himself. God raised him. The last time we saw Jesus, he was a lifeless body. People had to take him down from the cross. People had to prepare his body. People had to carry him and lay him in the tomb. That would be his grave. He was a lifeless body. And it was the power of God that raised him up. Now, why is that important? Because we can cry out and we can post, he is risen, he is risen. That's an amen. That's okay. But then we, we, we make a disconnect when we leave it there. But when we remind ourselves that he was raised, then maybe, maybe we can hear God saying, and I can raise you too. I can take your lifeless body. I can take what is dead about who you are and what you have become, and I can give you new life. People will be able to look at you and say, this guy was raised. Oh, man, I knew him from back in the day. He wasn't nothing like he is today. There's no way he could have done this by himself. There's only one person that could have done to him what's happened to him. God didn't come to make bad people good. You can read a fortune cookie for that. God came to make all of us dead people alive again. That's right, brother. That's why we praise God. We praise God because we know what our life has been like before. We know the things that we've had to put up with. We know what was so lifeless about us, but we know now... 
God has raised us. You know, Edmonda, uh, you asked me the other day, I don't mean to put you on the spot. She asked me, and it was funny about this. She had, I've gotten asked this question at every church I've ever been at. Are you ever down? Do you ever just like stop? They even ask Gloria, does he have, does, and I think my response to you was, no, the joy of the Lord, Lord is my strength, right? Maybe I should have told you, no, because I have been raised with Christ. Sisters and brothers, I want you to feel this. I want you to know that that is what Christ wants to do for every single one of us. That doesn't mean we don't have to go to the tomb. That doesn't mean we don't experience the pain of everything that was in the tomb. (laughs) Of course we do. That's called life. But what it does mean is we don't have to stay there. We don't have to stay bound by the things that want to suck life away from us. We serve a risen risen Savior who has come to give us life. And you won't know that until you decide to experience it for yourself. Those women came. They gave their proclamation They kind of doubted, and they were scared at first themselves, and now maybe that they're sure, they run and they go tell the other disciples. And you know what the other disciples said when they came? You read. What did they say? I liked yours better than what was on there. Said it was nonsense. You must be a brave soul. You're telling a bunch of ladies you're speaking nonsense. I'm going to try that at the next UMW meeting. Look here, women. Speaking nonsense. The disciples didn't believe what those women had seen. But I kind of wonder if Peter's sitting there thinking, maybe, man, I was a part of what happened on Thursday. I didn't do anything for him on Friday. I turned my back on him so many times. I was trying to get him to follow my way instead of me following his way. Maybe. Just maybe. I'm sure there's a lot of Peter in a lot of us. May it be just like Peter that day. Stand up. Run to the tomb. And know for sure. That indeed, Christ has come to give us life. When Christ gives you life, sisters and brothers, it is a very happy Easter. Would you pray with me? God, what a blessing it is to be called a child of God. What a blessing it is to know that You have promised to provide for us, have promised to love us, have promised to guide us, Lord. We come asking your forgiveness this glorious Easter morning for the times that we have turned away from you, for the times that we have chosen to live without life. But ask today, Lord, help us see the new life you have for every single 
one of us today. Lord, may today be a day where you raise us up, where you bring us to new life, set us on our way so that we can say with the women and with the disciples that indeed Christ has been raised and so have I. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.